Well, good morning, church. Happy Easter. He is alive. I'm reminded of the old, old school song. He's alive. He's alive. Hallelujah. Sorry, a bit of Ron Cannoli moment there, if that's what it was. But he is risen. I just want to take this time to say happy Easter. And what a joy to be, us be doing this together. And if you're part of a, a church on Zoom, it's so good to have you join in and make sure that you're chatting and communicating at the end of this teaching. But as I begin to think about Easter, you know, Easter is, is a central moment. It's like a bookmark moment when it comes to church life, church history, and all of that. I begin to think about what is the message of Easter? You know, so many words come to mind. I mean, if you could contain what Easter means to humanity in one word, many words come to mind. Forgiven, debts paid, redeemed, saved, healed, restored, connection, reconnection, back to God, uh, and so many words. But I, I begin to feel as I was preparing this message, the one key word, we can contain it to, into many, but the one key word that I want to really hit this morning is peace. Peace. And I'm calling this message, Finding Peace. Finding Peace. The one thing, and, and, and the truth is the one thing we're going to find hard in this season to find is peace. Uh, you, might, you might be stuck at home. You might be locked in with your spouse. You thought it would be, some of you said, it would be a great idea for us to get away. We need more us time. And now you're locked with your spouse and you're like, my gosh, when can I get back to work? Uh, but, you know, we want peace. The truth is we want peace in our homes. We want peace in our marriages. And, and, and the reality is we also want peace in our own souls. I think that's really important that we, we need to have peace in our own souls. And I want to start with Colossians chapter 1. Verse 19, talking about Jesus. Easter is about Jesus. We're talking about Jesus. It says, For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him. Him there is Jesus. All His goodness to dwell in Jesus and through Him, that's Jesus again, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. Now we know Easter was about God making peace, or Easter was rather about the sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice on the cross. But I love the scripture because it says the purpose of the shed blood of Jesus was not to prove something to the enemy, was not to prove to any other person how much I love you. Here, I love myself, so I, I, I love you, so I'm going to cut myself. That wasn't what the Easter message was. The Easter message was, or the Easter message rather is, is that he shed his blood on the cross to make peace to make peace. And I think during this time, as we come around Easter, let's remind ourselves that Easter is special. It's not because of the holidays. It's not because of the gingerbread man. It's not because of hot cross buns. It's not because of the Easter eggs, but the blood. It's because of the blood. And, and you know, sometimes we are careful in church. We don't want to talk about the blood. But how many of you know, in this time and age, where there's all these challenges that we're facing with health, with uh, viruses going around and all that. Now we know more than ever that we need the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus that sets us free. It's the blood of Jesus that protects us. And the purpose of the blood is so that we may have peace. And so what I want to take, what I want to do for the rest of my time is to talk about the different kinds of peace. The different kinds of peace that we have. The first one, if you're taking notes, is the peace of ease. The peace of ease. Now I'm not saying the ease of peace. I'm saying the, pe the, the peace of ease. In other words, how peace is accessible. Check it out what it says in Hebrews chapter 4.15. It says, We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, 
but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What, what I love about this text is it's saying that we have a Savior who we can easily access. We have a Savior who has peace available, which is accessible easy to us. Imagine if peace is available, but there's a price to pay. There's things to do. You got to climb up a mountain. You got to jump down and go bungee jumping. You got to jump off a helicopter. There's none of that. It's sort of, you can boldly access. That's what it's saying. This is why I love the Easter story because the Easter story is about all access pass. It's saying, I've given you an all access pass. There's a high priest. There's a throne that you can go. And here's what I love. It says, you know, when you, when you go to Jesus and when you say, Jesus, I'm struggling. And I want to encourage you. We've been teaching our daughter to pray. And one thing we've been noticing with how the way Elise prays, prays is she's got this formula prayer. Father God, I thank you for mom and dad. I thank you for uncle and aunties. I thank you for grandparents. Last night we said to her, we want you to change the way you pray. Elise, we want you to tell God one thing you're struggling with. God, I need more toys. That's okay. We'll stop there because prayer is a conversation. You know what I'm saying? God, I, God, God, I'm struggling with school. God, I need help with my homework. We just talk to God like you're talking to us. And let's say you go to Jesus and you say, Jesus, I'm struggling with peace. Jesus is not going to say, oh, that must be hard. In fact, what we have, we have a God who's able to hold up his hands and show you his own scars and say, here are the scars. And I feel you and I feel for you, but I feel... I've also experienced what you're going through. I also experienced times where you cannot have peace. How many of you know, even on Jesus' time on this earth, there were times when he had unrest. There were times when his own soul was crushed within him, as the Bible says. And that same God is now saying that we can access peace. We can access peace. Peace is accessible to us. And, and, and God is saying, I want you to know that there's an open invitation, especially as we come around Easter, where he is saying, you have all access to peace, the peace of ease. There's an ease that you can go into the presence of God, into the peace of God. And if you're watching and you're saying, I need peace, friend, I want you to know, I do not know who's been lying to you, but I want you to know that peace is available and you can access that peace. And you know, I, I love it because I, I begin to see a lot of my relationship with God as my relationship with my daughter. And when I see my daughter, I want you to know that whenever, no matter what she's done, when I, when I put my hands out, out to her, it's all access. It's saying, you can come to me at any time. And that's God's, he's extended his arms to you. He's saying, I want you to run to me, my son. I want you to run to me, my daughter. Here's my second thought on peace. The peace of ease was the first one. The second one is the peace of assurance. The peace of assurance. Here's what Hebrews uh, chapter 10, verse 21, it says, and having a high priest, again, having a high priest over the house of God, that's Jesus, it's talking about Jesus, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. I want to read that, read that again. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. I want you to know, there was an old school song called Blessed Assurance. We just sing it. But I don't know if you know this, doctrinally, that's quite an important thing. I know there are Christians around the world that actually don't have an assurance. I've met people that have been saved for 20 years and still don't know if they're saved. 
They're like, I, I don't know if God accepts me. I don't know if God receives me. And you know, and you have those people, if you die today, would you go to heaven? You know, and, and, and I understand the times where we have those conversations, but there are people that are literally living in condemnation that feel like they don't know if they've been fully accepted by God. And I want you to know when Jesus died on the cross and when he rose from the dead, what he died for was our assurance. Our assurance, our spiritual insurance saying, I want you to know that there may be days where you feel like you don't have it all together. There may be days like you don't have, you might be carrying guilt or you might be feeling condemned or you might be feeling burdened and heavy laden. But I want you to rely on my blessed assurance. I want you to rely on what I have for you. And I want to take a moment because I feel there are people even right now, you've been taking a lot of time just sort of reflecting about your life and you, you, you don't seem to like yourself that much. You feel like, man, that thing I did six months ago, maybe there's been undealt sin, maybe there's undealt issues, maybe there's undealt conflicts, maybe there's a bit of regret that you have from things that you've done years ago. But I want you to know God has not given us a spirit of guilt, but God is saying, I, I, wa I want you to know that I'm not a God of condemnation. Yes, I will convict. Yes, I will lead. But there's always a leading towards healing. And this morning, this Easter morning, you can access the assurance that you have in Christ, not because of your own benefit, not because of your own merit, but because of His grace. And I want you to know there is healing, there is forgiveness, there is grace and mercy. Now, I want to break this down a bit. How do you know that you really have assurance? How do you know? One of the greatest indicators of assurance in our life is attitude. Is attitude. What do I mean by that? Assurance is the potting soil for gratitude. If you find yourself constantly whining, complaining, talking about what you don't have, there's a great indicator that you have lost the revelation of assurance that you have in Christ. See, if you have an assurance in Christ, you have a confidence. I actually don't need to prove anything to anybody. I'm not saying that from an arrogant point of view. You know, sometimes people can be a bit arrogant and obnoxious and I don't think that's who we're talking to this morning. But if you have the sense of I've got to perform and I've got to perform and I've got to outdo and I've got to do this, that's a direct reflection of the fact that you've sort of lost your assurance that God is actually for me, that there's nothing I can do anymore that would make God love me anymore. That God loved me before even I loved Him. Yeah. That God believed in me before I even believed in Him. God forgave, uh, you know, God's forgiven me before I put my faith in Him. And that's what assurance is. And so I want to I read that scripture again where it says, Let us draw near with the true heart in full assurance. So, so the goal is assurance, right? But I want you to read what it says. Having our, our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed, washed with pure water. It's almost like they're saying the final goal, assurance. Then they're saying we have our assurance because our hearts have been sprinkled from evil conscience and our bodies have been washed with pure water. So let's break it down. Let's flip it and move this way. Let's start with our bodies washed with pure water. What is that? That's being baptized. That's being baptized in this new faith. That's been baptized in salvation. But God does not want to just leave us at a process of salvation. It says having our, our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. The reason why we struggle with having gratitude is because of an evil conscience. Our evil conscience causes us to compare. Our evil conscience causes us to perform. 
or under overperform or try to outdo even our own selves. Our evil conscience causes us to just sort of look at everything else that's happening. But God is saying, I've saved you. So you got to deal with that evil conscience. And that's when you begin to birth a true heart of full assurance. Friend, I want you to know, no matter where you're standing, maybe you're far from God, maybe you're walking with God, but you seem to just constantly complain about your life or whine about where you are. I want you to stop looking at even where your life is. Maybe you're, And here's the thing, the reality is all our lives are a mess. My life is a mess without Jesus. And I've got to at some point just sort of look unto God and say, I need to put my faith in you. I need to put my trust in you. I don't feel full of peace, but you are the source of my peace. And all of a sudden I begin to understand that gratitude begins to rise up in me. And here's what happens. Assurance is potted is in gratitude or rather assurance is the potting soil for gratitude. And so it's such an important thing that we get a hold of this. Now, if, you are, if you're watching this, I want you to know that there's also some special, I want, I've got a lot of thoughts on this, but we are limited with our time. We've got some special things on our social media, be it Instagram and different platforms that I'll be talking a lot more about it, but I need to jump to point three. And the point three is this, the peace of same. The peace of same. Some of you are like, these points are a bit complicated. Yes, the peace of same. Hebrews 13 verse 8, it says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Especially in a world where the news is changing every half an hour. There is no peace. I had peace that that was the mortality rate. Now I have no peace because that shifted. I had peace that they were at category 3 or category 4 or category 16 or whatever. I had peace in that. And so the news is constantly changing, but there is one peace that's permanent. And, had the, and that peace is a name and that peace is a person. And that person's name is Jesus. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. The peace of same. In other words, this is what I'm trying to say. Regardless of how your world is going or how your life is going, He still heals. He still saves. He still forgives. He still redeems and He is still with us. The peace of same. My fourth thought is a bit different. I've spoken about the three kinds of peace that you can access. But the fourth one is the peace creator. The peace creator. Because I can talk about peace, but how many of you know that peace also has a creator? And His name is Jesus. Check out what it says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16. It says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way maybe you're like i want peace i want peace in my marriage i just want peace in my home i just want one day where we don't have an argument i just i want peace but here's the thing you cannot have you cannot have peace or you cannot find peace outside of god the bible calls him the lord of peace will give you peace the lord of peace will give you peace in other words i love the fact that the bible does not say the supplier of peace. The Bible calls him the Lord. That means he's the creator. That means he's the king. He's the source of all true peace. You might have a false kind of peace that might come in the form of a relationship, a false peace that might come in some form of a promise that somebody gave, a job, an opportunity. That's a false sense of peace. But a true sense of peace only comes from the Lord of peace. In other words, the Bible says he's the dispenser of peace. He's the peace 
dispenser. You know, uh, now as we've been sanitizing our hands and we've got uh, hand sanitizers that are sort of, you know, we're constantly dispensing, we're sort of dispensing peace, all, I mean, dispensing clean, cleanliness all the time. You know, we've got, here we go, I need to be clean. I, need, I want you to go to Jesus today and say, I need some peace. You are the dispenser, you are the dispenser of peace this morning. You're the dispenser, by the way, while you're at it, keep your hands clean. You're the dispenser, you're the dispenser of peace. And I need peace in my marriage. I need peace in my life. But I cannot produce peace. You're the source of my peace. But you know what is amazing? God takes it up a notch in Matthew chapter 5. Because in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is talking in the Sermon on the Mount. The classic, epic Sermon on the Mount. And he says something that is so profound. He says in Matthew 5 verse 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are called children of God. See, on one side, we've got the founder of peace. We've got the creator of peace. But you know what God is saying? Easter is not just about the peace I created. Easter is also about the peace that I want to distribute. And, and the way I'm going to dispense peace around the world, around the planet, is just not going to be like the sunshine that shines by day. No, I'm going to contain my peace in peacemakers. Wow. I'm going to put my peace in sons and daughters that won't just be handlers of peace within themselves, but will also become distributors of peace. So if you're watching and you're like, I'm living in a home where nobody knows Jesus. Well, guess what? You are the source of peace. If people are, if people are not finding peace in your house, it may be because you haven't opened up the bottle. It may be because you haven't opened up what's on the inside. There is peace in your soul. There is peace in your heart. And God is saying Easter was not just about my sacrifice. Easter was about peace that was released forever to humanity that now I've contained in people that put their faith in me. If Jesus lives in you, guess what? You're not the creator of peace. Being the creator of peace is a lot of pressure. But you know what? You're the maker of peace. You can dispense peace. You can distribute peace. And in other words, this is what the Bible is saying. The true children of God are peacemakers. And we've got to ask ourselves, where can I distribute peace this morning? Who can I give peace to this morning? Who can I release peace? And you know what is amazing as I'm studying this topic on peace? I don't usually talk about the topic, topic of peace. But here's the amazing part. In, in, in our mindsets, we have an understanding of peace. A peace is a nice conversation. There's peace between us now. We had an argument. There's peace. But you know, in the Jewish culture, in the Hebrew culture, the word peace and presence are interchangeable. And so when people say peace, it's not just, it's not just oh, I'm having peace. It's the presence of God from which we extract peace. In other words, what I'm trying to say is, there is, no, there is no peace outside of the presence of God. In fact, Jesus says to his disciples, if you go to a house and if your presence is not received, take back your peace with you. How do you take back your peace? He was saying, take your presence with you. Are you with me? And so I want you to understand that those of us that are called to carry the presence of God, we are presence carriers, we are peace carriers, we are peacemakers. And I want to take a moment to even talk to people because maybe you're here and you're like, thank you for the conversation on peace, but how do I access peace? Great question. The way you access peace is by the presence of God. Yeah. And the way you access the presence of God is literally by inviting Him into your life. Yeah. The way you access the presence of God is literally by saying, God, I'm a sinner 
And I need to put my faith in you. God, I've been trying to live my life in my own merit. I've been trying to live my life in my own way. I've been, try- I've, been, I've been in the driving seat of my car and I don't even know where I'm going. In fact, the car right now is stuck on neutral. I don't even know where I'm going. In fact, the, the smoke's coming out of the engine. I need some assistance you know, in my life. And I want you to know, if, if that is you, I want you to take a moment, maybe comment on this. Maybe let your, uh, your host know. Maybe send an email. It'll come up on the screen. But I want to say a prayer with you because I believe that Easter is a perfect time for you to access the presence and the peace of God. Why don't we pray together? Father, we thank you that Easter is not about just a celebration about something good that happened in church history. Easter is just not a thing that we plan holidays around in our calendar. But Easter was when peace was born. Or rather, Easter was when peace was released on this planet. And Father, this morning, I pray for every home Every person, even people in this room that need the peace of God individually in their marriage, maybe in their finances, people that have lost jobs, people that have been laid off. We need the peace of God. But God, we have access to that peace because of your presence. Lord, I pray for every person that's putting their faith in you right now. People that are saying, I need Jesus as my Savior. I need Jesus as my Lord. I pray for each and every person that they would access the presence of God and in and through that access the peace of God. Lord, I pray that every person will be met exactly where they need to be met in and through and by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for watching. We just want you to know we are here for you. We love you. We care for you. Shoot us a message. Reach out to us. You know how there are so many different platforms you can reach out to us. But I want to take this time once more to say, let the same power that raised up Christ from the dead resurrect hope in your heart, hope in your home, and peace wherever you go. God bless you.